Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. My name is Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. And today the topic is the turtle serial killer Joel Rifkin. Uh, Joel Rifkin was a serial killer and was responsible for up to 17 murders uh, back in the late 1980s and early 1990s. Is he related to Cal? Uh, no, it's Rifkin, R- not Rifkin. Rifkin. All right. Yes. Yeah. So see, like when you make a sports reference, you really should know what you're talking I about. I just asked. Well, he may be mar- He may be related to uh, Carl Rifkin, whoever the hell that is, but Carl Rifkin. Right, well, whatever. She was close. I was. So she close. was not. She was not. Girl, close she's a girl. For Christ's first of all, you're not. You're knows. not here. First of all. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here Brandy's we go. not here. Okay. So if I could get through my introduction, then I'll introduce you. Otherwise, neither one of you are here. <laughs> okay. Cool. Joel Rifkin, who was a serial killer. He okay. killed people back in the late 1980s, early 1990s, uh, responsible for up to 17 murders. And we're going to talk about his dastardly deeds. But before we do, let me introduce wow. a very rude panel, although we do have a guest today. Yeah, he's not we have very a guest. Rude. He's not very rude. So be on your best behavior yeah. if that's possible. You know, this, uh, this interview you did, uh, excuse me, kinda, you're not here. Here we go. Made him kind of dickish. Is it I wish I or? could. I, I'm going to have to have like some kind of button that I can push <laughs> to turn off your mic. Our electric shock collar. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. We are very uh, happy today. We have a special guest, uh, one of our uh, longtime listeners and friend, uh, the very lovely Kate McCarthy. Hello. Welcome, Kate. How are you? I am excellent. How are you? We're doing good, or I'm doing good. Those two, you know, they suck, but thank you for coming in today. You're going to join us. Uh, we know we've been trying to set this up for a while, and then everything yeah. always seems to go wrong. Well, the last time, Brandy almost died. Brandy, yeah, she had a, you know... Uh, I did almost die. It was it was touch and go. Yeah, she was taken out, and uh, I think the time before that, Chuck was drunk, and that was just a... <laughs> No, Chuck, Chuck had the man flu. Oh, yeah, he had the man flu. I got flu. the man flu again. If we right? waited for Chuck or me not to be drunk, we'd be <laughs> yeah. waiting quite a while. Yeah. yeah. But we're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. And I'm Kate. happy to be here. Oh. And um, so let me introduce the remaining members of our panel while they're still part of this team. The very <laughs> lovely and talented, the queen of mean, the empress of evil, the mistress of the macabre, penis loving, or 
I'm sorry, pill popping and penis loving, <laughs> Brandy. Hi, Brandy. Hello, Timothy. How are you? I was all right until a minute ago. How are you? Do you Fine. get the feeling it's going to be one of those shows? Right. Yeah. We haven't done this for a while. It seems like we haven't recorded for like Yeah, because a month. me and Brandy been in therapy since our last one. You screamed at us for 10 minutes well, before we, we even been started. Timing. You know, <laughs> get over it. Um, Brandy. That's a fuck you to you, too. <laughs> Brandy. Wait, yes. Chuck keeps interfering on your in, interrupting during Brandy time. He always interrupts Brandy time. Yes. Um, tell us about your new podcast, Brandy. So my new podcast is Cover to Cover Kids. It's on iTunes now. Yeah, uh, and that's cover, the number two, mm-hmm. cover, and then kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and it's on iTunes now, and it's nothing. It's something that your kids can listen to on road trips. It's just me reading just a variety of stories. Yeah, so it's uh, kids' stories that mm-hmm. you can read on trips or at bedtime. Yeah. or and I just, um, you know, I'm adding new material all the time. And if anybody has any requests or anything that I can do for them, just let me know. And Penthouse Forum, where you read? No, nope, I've got some requests. Yeah. That's a different podcast. Yeah. I can do those things. It's just a different podcast. But even doing the kids no, these, books. This is, a po- this is a podcast for kids. It is. Yes. It but is it's still oddly kids. erotic. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know what you to find, say to that. You find Dr. Seuss but erotic. Could he you finds do me Green a favor? Eggs and Ham to be a turn-on. Oh, the way she reads it, it is. Could you do me a favor, though? Do some more eight-minute episodes. Because these four-minute episodes, i got to keep hitting a new one and stop, uh, and it breaks my momentum. Gross. <laughs> gross. Now, you have, like, what? You have, like, 10 or 15 out there now? Yeah. 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 So, so I put a bunch out this weekend. and So uh, it's great. Parents, you should be you know, trending if you up. want to neglect yeah. You should be trending up. Uh, you know, I, I have to find so time. So please, yeah, leave a review. You got one review already. I did. So it was a very positive review. I did. Uh, very excited. So, yeah. You know, if you want to neglect your kids, just put them in a, lock them in a room and turn on this podcast and play over and over. And Yep. Yeah. Yep. You, know, that, you know what I don't. Go ahead. Never mind. What oh, you're I don't not here like yet. Is, and, and Let I'm me a, introduce you first. Okay. I am also joined by the very uh, honorable, the... Uh, most dangerous man in podcasting today, uh, the man, uh, the moral compass of this podcast, a man who is known as an oasis in the desert of despair. He is not. The Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Walters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm good today, Timmy. Thank you. Uh, well, I'm glad to hear that. What was you going to well, give you know, a shit about you? I know he doesn't. <laughs> he, he, he was... You know what I don't like is the vans that got the two DVD players in the back for the kids. Oh, yeah. Because if I I had little kids before that came along, and when you're traveling on long trips, you're supposed to be tormented by the kids. It's bonding time. No. How are you supposed to bond with your kids when they're watching Superman or whatnot on on a DVD player? Well, now they can listen to Cover the Cover Kids. Well, now they can listen to Cover the Cover Kids. Yes. Well, that's exciting, Brandy. I'm going to listen to it tonight while I fall asleep. Thank you. I listened to a couple of them. I don't. I, yeah, I, I still to think a that. Of them as well. I don't like that pumpkin. Yeah, There's I don't nothing like. Wrong with Spookly. Yeah, Spookly Square. Mm-hmm. I don't Spookly like a square, square. pumpkin. No, well, how you are you going to cover up the square clutch, pumpkin? Cap the hole. Ah, uh, yeah, that's bullshit. That's some propaganda. You think it's made up? It's, it is. It's <laughs> propaganda. Do you think so, It's Chuck? a made-up story? Yeah. It is. It's fake news. No such it thing. It might be fake news. <laughs> no such thing as a square pumpkin. Who ever heard of that? I, I don't know. I've seen square watermelons. Well, that's different. I believe yeah. it's much like Rudolph. 
you know, they made fun of him. And yeah, it, it's an anti. It, so you're saying there's a meaning to this story, like it's about prejudice and. and it's well, about being yourself and yes. how everybody, you know. I don't like square pumpkins. Well, you yeah. are a fucking square pumpkin, <laughs> so. How'd your interview go, Timmy? Uh, yeah, I was interviewed this week for a podcast we listen to. It should be released um, Wednesday. I don't know. What's the date today? Tuesday. That would be tomorrow. It's Tuesday. Yeah, I know. The date is Tuesday. Is it really? The date. Yeah. The date. I, I think. don't know. 12, 10, Something 14. like that. Today's the 14th. All right. So we released on the 15th. It went well. I spoke very oh, highly fuck. of my co-host. Oh, I'm sure, sure you, did. you did. Yeah, I did. And he kept asking me about... He kept asking me about relationships and hoeing and stuff, and I'm like, "You guys just are just you know you're ruining my reputation. You guys were really? ruining your yeah. reputation. Yeah, they got pictures of you posted on things no. down in South America, no, 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 and Thailand. All yeah. right, let's move on. Oh, we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> we don't want to talk about that. Let's move on. Let's get into the story. But before I do, let I want to give a shout out to our supporters on Patreon. We are very grateful. For those of you who support us on Patreon, it helps us stay on the air. If you would like to support us on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash historydweebs, where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or, Colonel, it's just a wee tiny little bit, Timmy. Everything helps, and we are much appreciated of it. And if you can't afford to give, that's okay, too. You can leave us a review or um, come and join our Facebook uh, group, History Dweebs, a podcast. Um, so... Um, we appreciate all your support, but we would like to give a special shout out to those who support us, and they include Alicia and Chip, Cindy Lou, Lydia and her sister Ruth, uh, Dr. Jeff and his lovely wife Don, Andrew Happ, Jen Moyer, Bridget Clavey, who will be featured later as our listener of the week, right, Brandy? Yes. Um, we're very grateful for all that Bridget does for the show. Jason Dykes. Brandy McBride, Kimberly Chabron, Elise, uh, Scotty K with Killers, Cults, and Nut Jobs podcast, TJ Young, Phyllis Munson, Mandy Swanson, Brittany Martin, Joe Hopkins, who Joe's having a, Joe has a new podcast starting next Sunday, Brandy, and it's called Now America History, so it should be good. We're looking forward to that. Jennifer Siemens. Uh, Tyrone, thank you very much, Tyrone. Diane Student with the History Goes Bumps podcast. Amber Trevino. Uh, Elise. Heather Poole. Annette Petre. Leslie Hagar. Amber Scoville. Jahara. Melissa Montoya. Jennifer W. Uh, Allie and Charlie from the Insight Podcast. I listened to their latest episode last night. Have you guys heard it yet? It's no, on Brand, uh, Brandon Swanson. It was, this dude just like his car broke down and he got out and walked and just disappeared. Did you hear mm -hmm. it, Kate? Yes. That's excellent. Excellent episode. If you haven't checked it out, check out Insight. It's, it's a weird story. Um, and, of course, Rudy the Wonder Dog. So Rudy's flying pretty high. Rudy got his gear from, uh, he got his swag from Insight over the weekend. Oh, uh, he did? Yeah. Got a magnet and a sticker. All right. Hmm. I love Insight. So he, so he uses the magnet to put his, like, dog art up on the fridge? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. He's got the stick on his on the back of his little laptop. Rudy is about to go to Facebook jail because he was he made a post <laughs> anti cat post anti feline cat uh, yes feline post and uh, we discourage that sort of thing. Carla read that and thought, what kind of asshole doesn't like cats? Yes. She didn't realize it was a dog. All right, let's get into the story of the turtle brandy. All right. Serial killer. <laughs> I'm down. I think, yeah. I'm, I'm down with I'm here. Come here. That's a, yeah. Serial killer. Don't, you know, uh, Kate, you're going to have to help me keep those two in line because, uh, you know, we could have a really good podcast or we could have one with them. So, <laughs> you know, the Timmy, fuck? I, you know what I feel like? I feel like America in World War II, where I have to ally myself with Stalin over here. Uh-huh. But Bra- you're Stalin that. being Brandy. Yeah. She's a Putinista. Because you're being Hitler, Timmy. Sorry about <laughs> that. So, <laughs> so this office is the Yalta Conference? Y- yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, this office is a sovereign state. <laughs> I bow to nobody's rules. Y'all can get the fuck about. Okay. See the kind of language you use? Is that the kind of language you use on cover-to-cover kids? No. Not unless it's written in a book. Oh, it's written in some books. We have Always written books in I'm going to read to children. Oh, okay. All right. Let's talk about Joel David Rifkin. So I mentioned he was a serial killer or is a serial killer because he's still alive. Excellent. But he's, he's inactive right now. Inactive right now. He's on, on hiatus. He's, he's on the retired. bench. He's on the bench. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he would like to resume his activities if only he could. He's on the DL. He's on the DL, yeah. Joel David uh, Rifkin is a serial killer. He's believed to have killed 17 victims uh, between 1989 and 1993 in uh, New York City. Well, New he, York City. Yeah, actually on Long Island. I just said that. Long New Island. Well, if he you picked up. Well, actually, a lot of his victims came from the city because he drove into the city to pick up prostitutes. More well, prostitutes. Long Island. Long Island. Well, you know, the city is the best place to find prostitutes. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. You, know. you, find, you can't hardly find them in the country. I know. Or, or the suburbs. I mean, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they. Don't, I mean, you know, there's no corners to hang out on. Well, that's true. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about his early life. He was the son of unwed teenage parents, and David Joel David Rifkin was born on January 20th, 1959, Colonel, in New York City. Oh, his mama was all popped out at Christmas time to me. Yeah, January 20th, so either that was 1959, so that was not a, I was going to say that was, it's Inauguration Day, but it's not 1959, so, but it would be, State of the Union. So who Ike, I guess, would be having the State of the Union the day he was born. Who cares? You have a fucking stroke over there, Timmy. What are you <laughs> That's talking what I'm about? Saying. <laughs> Just like trying to educate our audience. That's okay. All right. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah, Got to throw some history just, into the history. Well, he might, might have been when he was talking about the military-industrial complex. Yeah, guns and butter. No, I think that was the farewell address. I think. I th- no, I think yeah, that, that was, was his guns year. and butter speech, Timmy. All right. Thank you, Colonel. Sure. Like you fucking know. I know what his guns and butter speech is. I you didn't know what the speech was. I'm talking about when he gave it. Yeah, he doesn't. Joel David Rifkin. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we got that Motherfucker part. is still there. <laughs> <laughs> Here, his Joel, birth, talk he about was him. a serial killer. His yeah. birth mother, that means the mother who gave birth to him. <laughs> yes. She had him all up in her vagina. <laughs> she did. Wow. <laughs> 
You know what he's doing? He's showing off for guests. Yeah. No, I'm just saying. It's, she was his mother. Uh, she was a 20-year-old college student, so she was trying to better herself. And his bi- biological father was 24 years old. He was a college student and an ar- Army veteran. So what would we say to him, Brandy? Thank you for your service. Yes. I, but I, not for your child. <laughs> not for your child, yeah. Um, the, the dad co- was in the military, but the son took out more people than the, than the dad did. Yeah. At three weeks, at three weeks old, <laughs> he, he was up. Uh, he was adopted by an up, upper middle class Long Island couple, Ben and Janine Rifkin. That was on Valentine's Day, 1959, Colonel. So he was just, you know, he was born on January 20th, and uh, apparently. <laughs> He was uh, shipped off. Uh, apparently, his parents didn't want him, and they gave him away, and he was adopted on Valentine's Day. So, What a beautiful way to say I love right. you. Right. It's and a beautiful story. Of, you know what? And it's not like he would have ever known. It wasn't like being in the system starting for life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was in there for three weeks. Yeah, and he was only a baby. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, they got rid of him as soon as possible. He is high. <laughs> He's harsh. It was probably a good decision <laughs> when, you, when yeah. you look back on it. Send that one they back. probably they dodged a bullet. I am. That little son of a bitch got the crazy eye. That's I don't right. want him. But Ben and Janine Rifkin, they were happy uh, with their new son. Um, and then they would later go on and uh, repeat the process by adopting a little girl three years later. Squeaky from. No, no, no. <laughs> squeaky from. It was very nice of them. It was good people. They adopted uh, these kids. Apparently, Joel did not care. Uh, I did not care for. Yeah. Oh, apparently, they did not care for Joel, and it became. <laughs> It became clear at an early it's age. Kind of a dick, and he kept killing the dog. <laughs> oh, his dad! His dad did not become. It was, his dad did not care for him at an early age. When it became clear that Joel enjoyed playing with dolls. Oh, oh. he was sissified. I guess he wasn't playing with GI Joe. I think it was probably Barbie or something. GI Joe's not a doll; it's an action figure. Yeah. True. So his adoptive father said, told the mother that uh, if we're going to be stuck with a sissy, we might as well adopt a girl, which is what they did. There you go. There well, that's you go. a glowing endorsement right there. It is. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, Tanner played with Barbies, and his grandma tried to get him to stop, and I said, leave the boy alone, because if you tell that boy he can't play with something, he'll be playing with Barbies when he's 17 years old. And he turned out gay. He did turn out gay. From playing with Barbies. I I don't know if it was the Barbies because Taylor played with the Barbies too. Well, I don't. They, well, the thing is, they don't have any genitalia, but they have boobs. Barbies got boobs. They're little bumps. No. Yeah, no, you Barbie can draw. Huge no, knockers. you can draw nipples on Barbie. Well, and Barbie has huge knockers. You can draw nipples. You can. I know you can. Okay. I mean, the different Barbies. I had pink, little pink mar- Sharpies. I no, had you didn't. dark brown Stop Sharpies. You I had, you, you didn't. Know, no. Depending on the Barbie. You did not. <laughs> you, you did not. <laughs> big orange but, ones. No, Barbie's got big knockers and a fabulous wardrobe. In 1965. A cool car. Bitching car. 1965, the family settled in East Meadow, New York, which is a suburb of in West Long, Meadow. In Long Island. Oh, okay where Joel would spend most of his remaining years. He was a shy, awkward child, and he was a target for bullies. He had an IQ of 128, but he struggled academically 
uh, in school. You're gonna he, need to perk up over there. He shared his say, mother. You, you did you not? You need some caffeine or something over there. We putting you to sleep. No, you right? know what? I haven't looked at the script for a while. I did it a while back. So I'm catching up on well, it. Well, how? You know, here's a thought. It's a good story. You should read it. How about you read the fucking script before you come up here and come here? Or I wrote the fucking Wait, script. Or do what he yells at us to do. Just read what the fucking. Script. <laughs> yeah, I am reading it. I am reading it. He shared his mother's enthusiasm for photography and handicraft. He was a brainy child who never quite fit in with the other kids, even though he got bad grades. He's he's Sheldon Cooper. Yeah, he never he he didn't fit in. He had he was tested IQ as I said at 128. He did poorly in school, uh, and part of the problem was he was mercilessly teased by his classmates. Buddy, I feel your pain. Well, (laughs) there's a reason you were mercilessly teased. (laughs) That Barbie backpack didn't help him none. No, it didn't. (laughs) And the handicrafts. Yeah. Yeah. Handicrafts helped no one. He had the first. Several bullies. Things you put on your pants. Several bullies. No, the glittery things. Oh, bedazzled. Bedazzled. He came in with the bedazzled jeans. Yeah, that's a problem. Uh, Oh, he's probably Calvin Klein, too. (laughs) Yeah. Several bullies in school would attack him on a regular basis in gym class. Eventually, the gym teacher reassigned Joel to take uh, gym class with the girls. The gym teacher had to stop Rifkin when he attempted to also shower with the female <laughs> classmates. You can't have it both ways. Yeah. You cannot have it both ways. That's ridiculous. Well, apparently he was getting picked on a lot in the boys' gym. And it kind of, I remember this. We, there was a girls' gym and there was a boys' gym then class. Then you take care of the bullies that are in the boys' well, gym. Well, apparently he was, this gym teacher was taking the path of least resistance and <laughs> moved him over to the girls but you know he then, tried to shower with then the girls well, beat the hell out of can, him yeah right but you can't again you can't have it both ways oh i think he should have been we should have been allowed to shower with him that's fair you know i wish they would have done this whole identification gender identification thing when i was in high school because i'd have been in the girls locker room all the time would you have identified as a girl oh i'd have wore a wig i'd, wear, take, I'd have makeup on been a weenie tucker just to see me long. some boobies in the locker room hell I'd, I'd have gone the whole nine yards wow you'd have played tootsie just to see <laughs> yeah, some boobs just see some boobs uh, the kids called uh called him the turtle yeah. <laughs> Mimicking his slouch posture and slow footsteps. Seldom missing a chance to make him the butt of cruel jokes, Brendy. You think if he was getting his ass whooped all the time, he'd move a little quicker. Wait, he was can you turtle. read that description again? <laughs> no, I will not. Here we go. You're saying, you're saying slouch he slouched and walked slow, huh? And walked slow. Yeah, he was, and he was a... Um, mm. he was, ah. He was the butt of cruel jokes, which we do not approve of bullying. We're an anti-bullying, We're anti-bullying. podcast. Sure. ABP. Sure. sure, yeah. At the age of 11, Joel's parents <laughs> told him that he was adopted. That's sweet. Well, this led to severe depression and acting out at school. Joe was expelled from the seventh grade after hiding in the locker in a, ger- a girl's gym he was caught spying on the girls while they dressed. You can't have it both ways. Is that Again. unacceptable? I, right. I think the girls probably just pushed him in the locker. But <laughs> I know through his ass. It sounds there. like your life story is what it sounds <laughs> like here. He was again expelled in the ninth grade for inappropriately touching a younger student. So we frown on that. 
I actually smile on inappropriate touching. <laughs> Ow! Uh, Rifkin entered his teens. He was desperately trying to fit in. He joined a track team with the hopes of making friends. <laughs> the turtle on the track the team. The turtle was on the track team, yeah. <laughs> He, but, but the turtle wins the race. <laughs> yeah, I don't like how they, when they, you, you know what? I don't like the the racing where they're walking. You know, oh, the race oh, like power walking. Yeah, I just want to, you know, I just would want to take off running if I would, would go behind. You, <laughs> would I'll you, tell you really? What, you get, he would want to take off running. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's what Timmy, no, I'm the turtle. <laughs> I'm just saying. What are you doing with your mic? Well, it moved because Kevin's been screwing with it. <laughs> Jesus. Right. I want to see him power walk. He joined a track team in hopes of making new friends, but his teammates frequently tormented him. <laughs> this poor this guy can't get a break. The turtle cannot catch a break. Well, the turtle should not have joined a track team. <laughs> yeah, he should have done something else. His teammates were constantly stealing his dress clothes. While they were doing he, what? They're stealing, they would steal his dress clothes in the locker room, so he would have, often have to walk home in his track uniform. So well, it was Long Island. Uh, I don't know. It's not a cool BFD. Uh, frustrated with athletics, Rifkin joined the yearbook staff. There, because nothing says I'm not a nerd <laughs> yeah. like yearbook yeah. staff. Did he get his ass could, whipped by the yearbook staff? He figured, <laughs> he figured he could fit in. His camera was immediately stolen. <laughs> and he was excluded from the group's meetings. And he was not invited to a wrap-up party at the end of the year. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You know, we need to we need to place the blame here where it goes. It's these motherfucking kids that turned yeah. people into yeah, they yeah. were they were not it's very these nice. goddamn kids. Yeah. Poor Little motherfucker, just trying to go along. He's just trying to get along. because yeah. I, you know, not that we approve of it, but if you're a 14 year old boy and you got a chance to hide in a girl's locker, to yeah, see I mean, other girls take I mean, who's not going to take that opportunity, right? You know, you're 14 now, years old. Now, if you do it at 53, that's a problem. <laughs> it is a problem. It's hard to get in that locker at 53. Those fuckers are narrow. I don't they remember him being that skinny. But it's not, you know, it's not his fault that he turns out crazy. It's these goddamn kids. In his junior year, yeah, but, yeah, okay. We kill, he kills 17 people, you might feel differently. It's these goddamn kids. In his junior year, uh, the yearbook staff submitted a picture of the turtle for his, oh, submitted a picture of a turtle, a real turtle, for Joel's yearbook photo. <laughs> See, fuckers. Yeah. That's It why. was not detected until 1,000 copies had been printed and distributed. <laughs> really? It was not detected? <laughs> That's sad. These are some sick motherfuckers. Yeah, they, the kids are kind of cruel. The vice president, or vice principal, brought uh, Joel on stage during the assembly to publicly apologize to him. However, the apology took a grim turn <laughs> when somebody poured pig's blood on him. When the kids assembled, started chanting, and some faculty members started chanting, turtle, turtle, turtle. And some faculty members. <laughs> yes, yeah, so Because the kids aren't mean enough. Okay. So his apology kind of went south. It probably went <laughs> He went running off the stage so, Yeah. So wait a minute. So you've drugged this kid up there, this yeah. already socially awkward kid. You've drug him up to the front of the auditorium. And he was probably all slouched over. Yeah. Slouched over. You drug him up to the, to, to the front of the stage. 
to give some half-assed <laughs> apology that the kid didn't want anyway. He just wants to be left alone. He to do can't even make eye well, contact. <laughs> Yeah. They submitted, you know, a picture of a turtle. It wasn't even like a cool teenage ninja turtle. It was just a regular turtle. Just a turtle. turtle just yeah. a box turtle. Yeah. Why didn't they just give him a wedgie while he was on stage? I don't know. Punch him in the face. Atomic wedgie. <laughs> give him a turtle as a, like, you know, here. Deep pants. Oh, oh, like that. Here right. you go. All right. This poor son of a bitch. No one. <laughs> you know, if you laid him on his back, he couldn't get up. <laughs> No, he could not. <laughs> he wouldn't have killed anybody. <laughs> All right, so they started. Ch- he's at this assembly, and the fact, and the kids, and the, some of the faculty members started shouting. <laughs> See, that's awful. Turtle, 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 <laughs> turtle. <laughs> Despite these setbacks, uh, Joe was able. Joel was able to graduate from high school <laughs> with average grades. All right, he got through. <laughs> and high doses of Prozac. Right. <laughs> After graduating high school in 1977, uh, Joel was uh, particularly interested in. Uh, photojournalism, and <laughs> so made some attempts at community college and attended the State University of New York at Brockport. Were they mean to him at community well, college? Well, I don't know, where he worked for a time as a photographer for the school's newspaper called The Stylus. That's a nice Ooh. name. Yeah. He had his first uh, sexual experience when he was 18 with a 47-year-old Korean prostitute <laughs> in the Bronx. Oh, it is God. you. So this it really is your story. Oh, uh, man, that 47 is. That's, in the Bronx. Uh, that's, uh, that's long in the tooth. Easy now. <laughs> you just offended three-quarters of the women that listen to our show. <laughs> well, I mean, when you're 18. I'd have banged a 47-year-old when I was 18. Shit, you're walking around yeah. with a Woody all the time. I had to tap the 75-year-old woman. Well, anyway, he uh, he had sexual intercourse with a 47-year-old Korean prostitute in the Bronx. So anyway. uh, he refused to pay her because he said she enjoyed the sex as much as he did. I don't, that's not how that works, is it? <laughs> it's not supposed to work that way. He eventually paid her $35 and she pulled, when she pulled a knife on him to demand payment. She would, she yeah. would cut a motherfucker. <laughs> I, I finally she like, you got to pay up. Rudder, rudder, rucker. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Um, he held down various jobs, odd jobs, uh, spending much of his uh, little money he made on prostitutes. There you go. So he started, he lived in Long Island with his parents, and he would um, go yeah. to New York, like to the Bronx, Brooklyn, to pick up hookers. He got he a was, taste. Yeah, he got yeah. a taste, and so now mm-hmm. all his paychecks oh, yeah. It's like weed. I guess. Once you get the first weed, all yeah, your paychecks. Why would you want to bang at forty-seven? I mean, if you're going to pay thirty-five dollars, I mean, you yeah, want thirty-five dollars isn't going to buy you a whole I'm, lot. I, Timmy, I'm fifty over fifty years old. I ain't going to be saying nothing about banging forty-seven years. No, old. when you're eighteen though, and you're paying because for you're it, eighteen, you're perpetually horny, Timmy. Yeah, but you're not going to. You're paying for it. Why not get a you know. 27 year old why not find they, go pay. you know it doesn't more. cost much more to go first class pay 50 <laughs> and you got this you know 47 year old korean you know she's all pissed off because you're only not paying her that's probably cussed at him in korean probably do kimchi at him i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> maybe he felt that maybe that's why he thought she liked it she was cussing in korean well you know she probably she... should have liked it she's getting banged for an 18 year old <laughs> when she's 47. yeah no, uh, he, as i said he had various odd jobs he could never quite <laughs> cut really college uh despite sporadic attempts over the next 12 years so he kind of went to school dropped out went to school dropped out you know i think this is why we get bad reviews 
<laughs> Tim's insensitivity. As a young man, right? Rifkin that he had to lift the forty-seven-year-old prostitute's dick out of the way. As a young man, Rifkin suffered from mild depression. That cost extra. <laughs> he would lock himself in his bedroom for weeks at a time. It does sound like me. His parents sought help for him, but Rifkin was uncooperative in treatments. In 1985, mm-hmm. when Rifkin was 23 years old, his uh, father, Ben, developed prostate cancer. Oh, no. Can't yes. come back from that. Chuck almost had that. Almost. Yeah. yeah. In February of uh, 1987, two years later, his uh, father committed suicide by taking an overdose of barbiturates. He did it to end his pain of cancer. So that's not good. Uh, despite a troubled no, relationship. That's a bummer for him. Yeah, despite a troubled relationship with his adoptive father, Joel fell into a deeper depression. At this time, he became increasingly obsessed with violence, murder, and prostitution. I don't think they necessarily all three go together. You wrote the son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think they go together, but... No, I'm just saying... Well, it's a trifecta. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Rifkin was arrested for soliciting a prostitute uh, who was actually an undercover policewoman. Man, yes, well, you got you got to be careful. Uh, All August, the pretty ones are cops. Tim. August twenty second, nineteen the forty seven year old Korean. <laughs> woman. Yeah, you're safe with her. You're safe. Yeah, you should have just stuck with her. On August twenty second, nineteen eighty seven, he was arrested for soliciting a prostitute in Hempstead, Long Island. He concealed this arrest from the uh, is this arrest from his family. Probably a wise thing to do. They probably wouldn't be too proud of that. Probably not. Um, so, Brandy, you're going to tell us what happens next to I'm young try. Mr. Rifkin. I'm going to try. Despite his history of morbid fantasy, Rifkin would later claim that he had to plan the murder of his first victim in March of 1989. Rifkin acknowledged that his violent mental images were a little more intense than regular images at the time. Well, how do you know? How do you compare that? I don't know. I mean, because he obviously is not normal, so how do you, you know, compare Talk to your friends. All right. I don't think he had any friends. Well, maybe his other other amphibious friends. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, His mother chose that month to travel out of state. And that left Joel alone in the East Meadow house. Cruising Manhattan's East Village for hookers one night at about 10 p.m. Are there hookers in the East Village? I don't know. I don't know. All I mean, sorts of interesting I've been. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm, I'm sure there are hookers all over the city. And they're out at 10 p.m. Yeah. Well, Seems a little early. Early bird special. Well, and, you know, you, you want to get them early because you don't want them after Well, you don't been. want the used ones. That's true. Yeah. Uh, he selected a young woman that he remembered only as Susie. She was a hardcore drug addict and demanded several stops to purchase crack before they drove back to Long Island. Oh, then I'll piss you off and pick up a hooker and she's like, you gotta, you gotta make stops and pick up crack. And her kids. Oh my. <laughs> Treat him like a taxi yeah, service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What my fucking Uber? Just give me a blowjob, you know? I know, but, you know, so he got it. So he, you know, got her crack. So, after listless sex, Susie, I know, she's a dead lay, apparently, Susie again asked Joel to take her out in search of drugs. Uh, God damn, he just picked up, he just made several stops for crack. Well, and he didn't like that, so instead of taking her out for crack, he picked up a souvenir howitzer shell, which I would like to know where to get one of those, 
and beat her furiously. Uh, I just lost control, he said later. I stopped when I got tired. Yeah, so that's victim number that's one. That's legit. Yeah. Susie, however, was still alive and fought back when he tried to move her, biting one of Rifkin's fingers deeply before he strangled her to death. Ooh. After wrestling her body into a plastic trash bag, the hell of a trash bag, Rifkin cleaned up the blood and signs of combat in his living room. He probably it was probably a hefty bag because you know if you don't you get those cheap ones they'll just fall apart. They just the bodies come right out of them. Yeah, they rip. As long as they're tiny people, you can't. Tiny dancer. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so he cleans up cleans up the mess and then lays down and goes to sleep for a couple hours. Well, that's just, I mean, he had a he long was tired. Day. He had a long day. Upon long day waking, this was sex. yes. Upon waking. He dragged Susie down into the basement, draped her body across the washer and dryer, then using uh, that makeshift operating table to dismember her corpse with an X-Acto knife. I don't think that is That's a lot of work. That is a lot of work. Well, that's why he needed a a nap. Hmm? He had to get a nap in first. Yeah, that is a lot of scoring. scoring. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you need a hacksaw for that shit. Yeah, chainsaw for that shit. Well, whatever. If you're going to do it right, you, you, need need a chainsaw. Lot, you need a lot of those exacto blades. Yeah, you do. To be honest. Because they're going to dull out. Yeah. Carpet knife would work. In his mind, the grim task was reduced to biology class. To foil identification, Rifkin several, severed excuse me, Susie's fingertips and pulled her teeth with pliers. Mm. Oh, my God. Then jammed her severed head into an old paint can. There you go. A five-gallon bucket, or was it a one-gallon? I don't know. I think it was just regular old paint she can. must have had a little head, because yeah, I don't I think don't a regular head would fit I mean, Because that's I mean, what's clutch, that is how is like head was. That is like his first time, so, I mean, that's a kind of a extreme for your first kill. To the other parts went into garbage bags and then into his mother's car. Rifkin drove the body parts across the state line to Jersey, dropped the head and the legs in the woods near Hopewell. Doubling back from there, he returned to Manhattan, pitching the arms and torso into the East River. See, that's the thing. You throw the body in the East River. There are so many bodies in the East mm-hmm. River. No one's going to notice it. Well, he believed And New Jersey, too. Uh, well. Because, you know, you got the mob. You got... <laughs> I mean, yeah, just, you got body parts coming up all over the place. He believed that she'd never be found, but he'd been careless. Uh-oh. On March 5th, 1989, a member of the Hopewell Valley Golf Club sliced his ball into the woods, that sounds personal, along the 7th Green and found the can that contained Susie's head. That is a hell of a surprise. Yeah. Do you take a drop on that or you play through? (laughs) I I don't know. These are things I need to know. Well, you don't play play through, I wouldn't think. I think you Why the fuck wouldn't you play through? Somebody's getting a penalty stroke for that. Well, first of all, it's not like the head is really... You know, the head's in a can. You can move that. Make a mulligan, I think. <laughs> I think. You think you mulligan on that? I don't think so. Now, do you use a wedge on a head, or do you want to use your driver? I don't think you golf. I don't think you hit the head. With, you don't hit the head with a golf club, you dick. That's rude. You just found the head. You, you just found it. Okay. Well, it depends on where the ball is in relation to the head. Well, if it's on the nose or something, then you got bigger problems. Yeah, because the head is not a natural impediment. On and when, but when do you report it? Do you report it after you're done? Because I think you, you know, report green, after your game. Green fees are expensive. Green fees are expensive. And, you know, some people have waited a long time to get their tea time. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're, you're standing there and all of a sudden, how'd you like to be in a group behind them? Now you got the coroner coming out and everything else. I'd be pissed. I would ask to play through. Could I play through? Yeah, yeah I think you should play through. They probably wouldn't let you. 
Uh, Rifkin suffered a major anxiety attack after learning that Susie was HIV positive. Shocker. Um, following the case as people, as police prepared artist renderings of the victim in life and checked them against a list of 700 missing women. Yeah, so, 700 so, missing women. So the word word came at the police report in the paper or whatever. It was she had HIV and that mm-hmm. was his main And that freaked him out. Yeah. Uh, but Susie was never identified, and her case remained unsolved until Rifkin confessed in 1993. Joel waited more than a year to claim his sectum, second victim. Uh, he was vague on dates, different reports placing the crime 14 months after Susie's murder or late in 1990. The victim, of course, was a prostitute named Julie Blackbird. I bet that's not her real name. Might be. Uh, she was selected for her pseudo Madonna look. That was a hot look back in the eighties. She probably had those gloves with no fingers. You, you know she did. Yeah. And all the pearl necklaces. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did anybody ever believe Madonna was like a virgin? No. When actually, when that song and everything came out, I didn't even know what a virgin was. <laughs> I didn't even like that movie. Who's that girl? I just couldn't. I didn't think it. Or desperately that. seeking Susan. Oh, that's the one. Yeah, desperately yeah. seeking Susan. You know what I don't get? Since you brought that up, I do not understand. Roseanne Arquette was in that movie, right? She was hot. Yeah. What? Yeah. What is everybody's like obsession? Where Toto writes songs about her? All these people are writing songs about Roseanne. Roseanne Arquette. Yeah. What is it with her? Like, she's not. Because she's crazy, and the crazy ones are good and bad. Really, you think mm-hmm. that's it? Because she seems a little nutty, and I don't yeah. think she's that attractive. It, no, it's the craziness. Kate is shaking it's her head, craziness. no, agreeing with me. What? Really? You think that you think I'm crazy and nobody writes fucking ditties about me? Oh, I've written songs about you. <laughs> <Have> you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, thank I've you. I've written sonnets about you. <laughs> there was a young girl named Brandy. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. a limerick. <laughs> yeah. Brandy once went to Nantucket. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, then. There was That's a young fine. girl named Brandy. For 50 bucks, she'd give you a handy. <laughs> Lovely. That's perfect. <laughs> That doesn't make me crazy. They're writing love songs to her. <laughs> Bitches getting movies written about her. Rosanna. Yeah. Rosanna. No. All right. So she was selected for her pseudo Madonna look. Um, for a C plus, she'd give you a handy. <laughs> what the fuck? You've lost it. My name is Brandy. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll, I'll sing my sign up later. I'll yeah. save it. Okay, thanks. I call Brandy song. Uh-huh. I call Brandy She's wine. a fine girl. Uh-huh. Brandy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rifkin drove her home to East Meadow when his mother was again out of town and they spent the night together so he waits for his mom to leave and then he goes out and gets a hooker it's like he's in high school uh, right seriously uh, at about 9 the next morning Rifkin recalled completely bugging out and beat Blackberry with a heavy table leg before he strangled her when she was dead he considered raping her corpse in a, in a conscious emulation of serial killer Ted Bundy, but, you know, he's got standards, and that repulsed yeah. him. <laughs> that just, that's going too That was far. just gross. Stuff, sticking a head in a paint can, that's but one But he thing. considered it. He yeah. did consider it for a minute. Determined this time not to bungle the disposal, Rifkin went out to purchase cement and a large mortar pan. He dismembered the corpse as before with a fucking evidently like Ginsu knife, uh, and placed the head, arms, and legs in buckets, weighted them with concrete. The torso filled a milk crate by itself. She must have been little. Driving into Manhattan, 
He consigned Blackbird's head and torso to the East River, then dropped her weighted arms and legs into a Brooklyn barge canal. Those remains have never been found. Were never found. Uh, we know Blackbird's fate today only from Rifkin's confession and from her diary stashed in his stashed in his bedroom. I don't think her diary would tell. He ended up uh, actually well. He, he <laughs> dear diary, I got he, chopped up into yeah, little pieces. I've been dismembered and tossed <laughs> yeah. in the East River. If somebody sees this, <laughs> yeah, he ended up he he collect trophies from his victims. I think he ended up like having two hundred and fifty or two hundred thirty eight pieces of. Good Lord. Collect, yeah, trophies. That Paraphernalia. Yeah. From his, from his uh, let's see. So murder after a second one. Well, now he's murder was becoming easy. And Joel couldn't wait to play the deadly game again. Rifkin started his own landscaping business in April of 1991, renting space at a local nursery to store his equipment. It was a half-hearted effort at best. He complained to his landlord, I keep losing all my customers, and by summer he was falling behind on his rent. The obsession with murder had consumed his life, and he began using the rented job site as a way to station corpses in transit. Uh, Barbara Jacobs was the next to die. She was a 31-year-old addict with arrest on her record for auto theft and prostitution. Joel picked her up on July 13, 1991, and took her home to East Meadow for sex. When she fell asleep, he clubbed her with the same table leg that he'd used on Julie Blackbird, then finished the job by manual strangulation. He couldn't just cuddle. He couldn't cuddle with the girl. Some, Some people just don't like to cuddle. Yeah. I'm thinking mom is going to wonder what's going on with that table leg. Why is this table a kilter? Yeah. Yeah. This never wobbled before. What the hell? She went back to the, um, what was it? What did he use for the first time? Uh, uh, Shell. Oh, yeah. Some kind of shell. Yeah, the the howitzer shell. A conch? A conch? A howitzer shell. A howitzer shell. Yeah. Shit, that thing will go off and blow up the house. Well, it didn't. Yeah, you got to be careful when using that. Yeah. Or you're killing someone with that. Yeah. So, so he, uh, let's see. So he was put off by the thought of another dismemberment. You know, once you kill somebody, disposing of them is really the hardest part. Well, let's be no. honest. If he's a landscaper, why isn't he just, you know, burying the bodies and, you know, on his job? Put them in a fucking mulcher. Exactly. Wood yeah, chipper. I don't know. Wood chipper, exactly. For real. They he's, did it in Fargo. He's pulling out their teeth. So he takes Jacobs, wraps her in plastic, and folds her in a cardboard box. Uh. He then puts the box in the back of his mother's Toyota pickup truck. He drove to the Hudson River and dropped her in the water near a cement plant. The coroner blamed her death on a drug overdose, and Jacobs was buried in Potter's Field Cemetery, unidentified until Rifkin confessed her murder. How do you, how I gotta, do you get a drug overdose? From, yeah, she was beat with a table leg and strangled. Exactly. That looks like a drug overdose to me. Yeah. Well, you know, she was high on the drugs, and she just, you know, careened into everything and beat herself right. up really bad. She fell, in, fell into the uh, table leg. Over and over and over. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the problem is once, you know, they figure no one cares about them, they just mark it off. Right. So here we go. Another crack addict, Mary Ellen DeLuca, a 22-year-old Long Island native, was last seen alive at 11 p.m. on September 1st, 1991, when she left left a group of friends to earn, to earn the price of her next fix. You know, and this is horrible to anybody that lives in Long Island, but... When somebody says they're from Long Island or New Jersey, I always picture Janice from Friends. 
Oh, yeah. Real high, mm-hmm. nasally voice and loud, which is awful, but that's just what I have. I always picture the show Bridezilla's. Oh, God. Yeah. I For just real? think of Billy Joel. Good point. Do you? He's mm-hmm. from Long Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah, he is from Long Island. No, I believe you. I just, that's, I don't like that. Well, now that I planted that seed in your head, you know, you're going to think about Billy he Joel? He didn't nope. start fire. Mm. Thinking of Janice. It's always been burning to mm-hmm. me. All right. Since the world's been turning. Yeah. Perfect. Rifkin found her, found her on Jamaica Avenue in Queens and drove her around New York until sunrise, shelling out $150 for drugs at various stops. So he's paying for her drugs Again, now. why does he have to go around pick, buying her drugs? Just give her the money, let her buy it herself. I don't know. I think it goes he's back to I think it goes back to the tax, high school thing. Get taxi service. He's trying to fit in. Yeah, he maybe, just wants a friend. But you know yeah. what? It wasn't the girls picking on him. It was the guys. Why do you take it out? And girls shouting turtle, turtle. <laughs> well, they probably And the were. girls were the ones that stuffed him in the locker, more than likely. Yes, that's and true. And the girls probably the ones that thought up putting his picture in the mm-hmm. yearbook. Teenage girls uh, are vicious. The, well, I guess. Yes, oh, we are. Oh, God, yeah. they're evil. They wound up at a cheap cheap motel. DeLuca first balking at sex. She balked. She balked. Balked. And demanded more dope than rushing through the act, complaining all the while. Ah, uh, nothing worse than that. <laughs> so she paying bitched. for it, and you're bitching about it. You bitched the whole time <laughs> after I bought you your drugs. Yeah. So at some point during all this, Rifkin asked Deluca if she wanted to die, and allegedly she said, "Yeah, sure." Oh yeah, that was weird. She did say she wanted to die. Allegedly. Well, probably after having sex with the turtle, you know. Well, <laughs> she was bitching the whole time. She could have just got up. Anyway. Have you ever had sex with a turtle? I uh, know. All right. I can't say as I have. If you, if you did, you might want to be killed yourself. Uh, he strangled her, and Rifkin recalled she did nothing. She I'm just guessing, accepted I'm it. I'm guessing that's his word against hers. Yeah. I'm guessing he's making that part up that she said she wanted to die. I like this yeah. part. He remembered her murder as one of the weird ones. <laughs> <laughs> She's faster. All the other ones were pretty much garden variety serial <laughs> murder. Right. You know. Uh-huh. It's not like I had sex with Although the corpse or anything. People, you know, that, I don't know if you saw yeah, the story that's weird. where the, the couple met online and he she wanted a guy to kill her. I think it was back in the 90s. They met on, in the AOL chat room or something. And he killed her. He, she went to visit him. He killed her. And then they arrested him for it. Yeah. But, yeah. So it happens, but I'm guessing it didn't happen in that case. Well, it also left Rifkin with a new problem. Afraid to drag the corpse out in broad daylight, he drew inspiration from Hitchcock's frenzy and went out to purchase a cheap steamer trunk, squeezing DeLuca inside it. Is he going to get on a fucking train? From the motel, he drove upstate to what Orange that, County. What was that Ruth Judd, that story we did where they, the woman put the body in, yeah. her, in, the in her suitcase or something, yeah. yeah. Didn't, we do the tor- didn't they do that in the torso murders, too? Uh-uh, they threw them in a river. Oh. Wasn't that Evelyn okay. Dick that had them in the... It might have been Evelyn Dick. Yeah, yeah. don't look at me. Yeah. It might, might yeah. Be <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't look at me. Um, let's see. So from the hotel, he drives upstate to Orange County, and he leaves her body at a rest stop outside Cornwall near West Point. She was found on October 1st, nude except for her bra, without ID. Decomposition made it impossible to to determine the cause of death, and she was buried nameless and unidentified until June of 1993. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Rifkin's selection process was erratic, sparing most of the hookers he patronized on a near nightly basis, prompting him to kill others on a whim. On the September night, he picked up. 31-year-old Yoon Lee, a Korean native who he'd been with before, she was his second prostitute in an hour. Ooh. That may explain this why... This was before the Viagra, too. That may explain why his failure to perform oh. uh, as Lee went to work. Now, see, that's a bitch, Colonel. You go, you pick up a hooker, you can't perform, and then you've got to get another one. You're paying twice. <laughs> yeah, just to get and the job done once. What, what happens you can't get hard a second time? Well, I think you need hookers that come with guarantees. I think you're right. I think well, they should come with their own personal guarantee. Yeah. He struck her on impulse, strangled her while she, in quotes, mouthed something about making a big mistake. It was, actu- it was Rifkin's first murder of someone he knew beforehand, and he, and he experienced experienced fleeting remorse actually he later said i thought i liked her well you don't have a good way of showing it rifkin wedged lee in the same trunk he'd used for mary deluca and dropped her in the east river she was found on september 23rd eight days before deluca floating past randall's island at the harlem river's mouth lee's ex-husband identified the body uh, sparing her from an unmarked grave Rifkin could not recall the name of number six, murdered a few days shy of Christmas in 1991. He picked her up on West 46th Street in Manhattan and strangled her in his car during during oral sex. Oh, see, I don't know that that's a good idea. Describing the event as very yeah. quick. Well, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Because people start to, you don't want people struggling and jerking around with your, with your junk in their mouth. Unless, unless she didn't yeah. have any teeth. Unless she was a toothless hooker, but yeah. those mm-hmm. are rare. Not as rare as you might think. Well, (laughs) whatever. Afterward, he drove back to Long Island with the body slumped beside him, concealing her under a tarp at his rented workplace. What? At that construction site. No, I understand, but, you know, at what point does somebody go, something under that tarp stinks? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's true. That person ain't napping. Yeah. Mm -mm. I'm still not down with choking somebody with the oral, doing oral sex. 
Next, he drove to a recycling plant in Westbury where he had once... You know, you hire someone to do a job, you let them do the job. <laughs> so he'd once worked um, part-time at this place, and he helped himself to a 55-gallon oil drum. There was ample room for Jane, Jane Doe in the barrel, safely hidden for their ride to the South Bronx, where Rifkin found a district rife with junkyards and rolled her into the East River. Rife with junkyards, you say? Uh-huh, I did. He's painting a picture. That, you, you painted a wonderful picture there to me. Thank you, Colonel. So, that was uh, like Hemingway. About to leave, right, right there. <laughs> about to leave, he was confronted by a patrolman who accused him of illegal dumping. <laughs> <laughs> but Joel persuaded them that he was actually collecting junk. And they let him go without a warning. I'm here to help. <laughs> yeah, here, let me put this back in my car. Just. I'm a helper. Uh, the oil drum worked so well for Rifkin that he purchased several more to use as makeshift coffins. He used the next one on Lorraine Orvito. 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 Okay, there we go. A 28-year-old manic depressive who tried to control her mood swings with cocaine. Well, we've all tried that. Sometimes no. it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Right. Yeah. And sometimes you, it just makes me so angry. <laughs> it keeps you in the manic phase. Yeah, well, uh, the habit was expensive. Yeah, and she tricked herself to keep herself. She, to, yeah, she tricked herself out to keep herself supplied. It was a life far removed from her affluent Long Island home, where she'd been, where she had been a high school cheerleader. Hmm. Rifkin found her. Well, you know she was affluent if she was a high school cheerleader. Clearly. Mm -hmm. Rifkin found her on December 26, 1991, in Bayshore, Long Island. He parked a car near the schoolyard fence and strangled her while she performed oral sex again. Do you know what our cheer was in junior high? What? Bacon, bacon, greasy, greasy. We can beat your team easy, easy. Boy, those wow. were some poets that you had <laughs> there. Yeah. That was some shit. So again, he's getting the oral sex, strangles her. Uh, and then, and then, and then discovers that she has HIV when he find, finds her bottle of AZT in her purse. He kept the pills along with her jewelry and ID as souvenirs. What the fuck's he gonna do with AZT? He better start taking. Well, it's a preemptive strike, honestly. <clears throat> well, or he could sell it. Uh, let's see. Back at the landscaping lot, Rifkin stuffed her in an oil drum, drove her body to Brooklyn, and dumped her into the Coney Island Creek. She was found by fishermen on July 11, 1992, two months before her family, two months before her family filed a missing persons report. One week after he killed Lorraine on June, January 22, 1992, Rifkin went hunting again. At 39, Marianne Holloman was his oldest victim, an addict who sewed. <laughs> She's just a bitch trying to make her way. She sewed personalized G-strings for strippers when she wasn't working on the street. Aww. Hey, she's you, an artist. I wonder you, gotta, had, you gotta know your market. I wonder if she had an Etsy page. I bet she had. Well, I, yeah. I bet she was on the home shopping She's network. artiste. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. There's a need. <laughs> there is. I mean, she was an artist. I got some G-strings that got a big C on the front. I got one got the Superman thing on it. Does it have a little cape? Mm -hmm. Do you have a, one with an elephant trunk? <laughs> Do you have something that'll catch my vomit? <laughs> so, this, the poor G-string maker, Rifkin drove her to the same par parking lot where he had taken Yoon Lee and strangled her during fellatio. 
What I is with him? Is yeah, with the choking. Is he just pushing the head down real hard? What's he know. doing there? Uh, later, he recalled the act as very automatic. Not much with that one. Hmm. He followed the same disposal procedure. Back to Long Island, the oil, the oil drum, and Coney Island Creek. Man. I mean, he's got a full-time job. <laughs> he does. I just feel bad those for all these bu- strippers that aren't going to get their personalized panties. Now. If they're uh, those fifty-five gallon drums are heavy when they're empty. Yeah. You start throwing people in them, you're going to need yourself a handcart. An anonymous caller uh, reported Holloman's floating remains to police on July 9, nineteen ninety-two, two days before or Orvito's corpse was found. But unlike Orvito. Holloman was identified from dental records and returned to her family for burial. Two floaters in his... Yeah, we could have worded that different. (laughs) (laughs) Timmy's using his cop lingo here. Yeah. Got some floaters. Two floaters in as many days suggest a serial killer at large. But the New York police had their hands full with 2,000 murders a year in those days, and junkie prostitutes were never a high priority. (laughs) Harsh again, Timmy. Right. Drug-addled sex workers. <laughs> Substance-abusing sex workers, Timmy. Could we be a little more sensitive to these okay. people? Rifkin's ninth victim, ironically, surfaced before numbers seven and eight. He was vague on the details in later confessions, unable to recall the woman's name if he'd ever known it. He remembered her tattoos, a pickup in Manhattan, and the way she fought for his life when he began to strangle her. See, and that's why you don't want to have your... Well, you're That's junkie. why you don't want to have your dick down somebody's throat then when you try and strangle them. When they're them. struggling for that their just, life. It seems self-defeating. Well, they do that alligator roll. and It's unseemly, really. Chomp down. Yeah. Yeah. So now Kate's going to tell us more about this. Okay, here we go. She followed Mary Holloman sometime that winter, dismembered remains consigned to the last of Rifkin's oil drums. I guess he bought them in bulk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The oil drums, yeah. But why didn't, you know, this is what I don't get. Why didn't he leave them in the oil drums, drill holes in the top and bottom, then it would sink down to the bottom? These bodies are floating, popping up everywhere. Because he was working with an exacto knife. He was the fucking turtle. <laughs> I'm just saying. He didn't have a drill. It seems like you're going to go through all this trouble. If you seal them up real good, even when the air gets in the, you know, the bodies when they decompose, they get air and gas. The gas can come out those bubbles on the top and bottom. The tank. The mafia has known this for years. Has he never seen the Godfather? Clearly. Poor planning. It really was poor planning. Yeah. Caught up in the moment. He dropped her into Brooklyn's Newtown Creek, where she was spotted floating with the current, foot protruding from the rusty barrel on May 13, 1992. So I guess she stuck her foot out because she was cold. Or hot. Too hot. So she stuck her foot out. Yeah, yeah. just like under, uh, underneath the blanket. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> You know what? He wasn't buying the tops of the barrels. He must have been just buying barrels without without the... Um, yeah, you see, that's the deal. It was a bulk sale on the barrels, not the tops. You had to yeah. pay double price for it's the like tops. It's like the Tupperware. you got to buy the, or the Rubbermaid stuff. Mm-hmm. The lids are extra. I wonder how Rubbermaids are for putting uh, storm bodies. Well, well, they keep they them stay, fresh. They stay fresh. They, well, you got to make sure you get that seal. That's yeah. Tupperware. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Tupperware. The cocaine in her system prompted detectives to brand her a drug mule, killed accidentally by the rupture of drug-filled condoms in her stomach. That had to be an amazing autopsy. Gross. Police. Sure, there was sure it was cocaine that was in those condoms. (laughs) 
Police learned their mistake a year later when Rifkin confessed to her slaying, but number nine remains anonymous, the last Jane Doe. Rifkin went back to school in spring of 1992, taking uncredited classes at SUNY Farmingdale. His landscaping business had folded by then, his landlord clamoring for $700 in overdue rent. Only hey, he's, he's trying to get his feet back on He's trying to get back on his feet. Trying to turn his life around, Brandy, going back to college. Well, that's when they get you, always. Yeah, yeah really. Well, the son bitch had cut some grass rather than chopping up prostitutes. He might have had that $700. Well, he's not... He, he, He's not spending money on prostitutes, obviously. <laughs> Nobody ain't making no money either. As before, Joel cut most of his classes, focused for the most part on repairing his truck, renting video porn, and trolling for, trolling for prey. He found Irish Sanchez, a 25-year-old crack addict, addict working First Avenue on Mother's Day weekend. Well, that's a nice Mother's Day gift. Hey, wow. it's a gift that keeps on giving. It is. Rifkin was AWOL from his part-time job at an East Meadow liquor store looking for trouble. Yeah. He picks Sanchez up in broad daylight. Oh, that's bold. Driving her to a Manhattan housing project down by where Macy's has the fireworks. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Oh, that's, a, that's fancy. After strangling Sanchez during sex, he drove her corpse across the Brooklyn Bridge seeking a drop-off point. The site he chose was an illegal dump. 200 feet off Rockaway Boulevard, within sight of JFK International Airport. Rifkin wedged a body underneath a rotting mattress, first relieving Sanchez of her watch and other jewelry. She would not be found until June 1993 when Rifkin drew a detective's a map. Hmm. At age 33, Anna Lopez had three children by three different fathers, so she's doing good. But she worked the streets primarily to feed her own cocaine addiction. Mother of the Year. There you go. Yep. Rifkin found her on May 25th, 1992, Memorial Day, after working Atlantic Avenue in Queens and retired to a nearby residential street for sex. That is so good for the neighbors to look out the window. It is romantic. It is so romantic. That's why I got the, when, when the Mrs. Colonel got the new SUV, I told him I wanted the windows tinted dark because I don't want to upset the neighbors. You're gross and weird. Yeah. If the SUVs are rocking, don't come and knock. I'm just thinking the old lady that's it's like not. doing her dishes at, the, at her little window with the little gingham curtains, and she looks out and goes, "What are they doing out there?" Where? Well, you know, there's some there. You know, there's an old lady always sitting on the stoop oh, watching yeah. shit. Oh yeah. And then yelling at her little husband. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Lester, get out here. Yeah. He's yeah. choking her when she's giving him head, Lester. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know that she she yelled that. These kids nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> After strangling Lopez in his car, Rifkin drove through the night at, to Brewster in Putnam County and dumped her corpse along I-84. A motorist stopping to relieve himself found Lopez the next day. So what, you just step outside your car? See, There's no rest on, stops? Keep on going. Nope. Yeah. Keep on going. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I saw nothing. Yeah, don't get involved. <laughs> exactly. She was missing one earring. Aw. Later found in uh, Rifkin's bedroom stash. Violet O'Neill, a 21-year-old prostitute, was the first victim R- Rifkin had taken to uh, taken home to East Meadow in nearly a year. He picked her up in the city, strangled her after sex at his mother's house, and dismembered her corpse in the bathtub. Rifkin consigned her remains to the waters surrounding Manhattan. You know, isn't Mom going to ask some questions? 
Was mom point. ever home? I know. She doesn't seem like a very good mom. To well, me. I mean, he's older. She's probably doing her traveling now. Yeah, but, yeah, but still. How many nights a week can you play bingo? in the car. He's carrying, lugging all these bodies around. Yeah. Or, you know, the blood in the bathtub, blood on the, the washer dryer, the missing table the missing, leg. Yeah, yeah. Why is the house shell all dented? She needs to start asking questions. Yeah, exactly. Her torso stuffed in the surfaced. Her so, torso surfaced in the Hudson River, wrapped in black plastic, while her arms and legs were found in a discarded suitcase. So now he stole Mama's suitcase. She's not doing much traveling oh, anymore. <laughs> Mary Catherine Williams had been a high school homecoming queen and college cheerleader in her native North Carolina. So she's a Southern belle. You gotta wonder though if Mom doesn't know some, or at least have she'd have to have, yeah. have some idea what's going on. She's probably afraid to say anything. She ended up in a barrel too. Yeah. No, he used his last one. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. Married to a pro football player in 1986 and divorced the following year, she had come to New York in search of an acting career but wound up doing drugs and living on the streets. Doesn't that just happen to every homecoming queen? Yes. At some point or another? I think so. Yeah. It's happened to everyone in this room at some point. <laughs> Speak for yourself. I was not a homecoming queen. Were that's you right. too? That's right. I was a... Uh, he was a daydream believer. Yeah. I believe he was. Uh, Rifkin had dated Williams twice and enjoyed a great time before Ooh. the final pickup on October 2nd, 1992. See, when you find that hooker that works for you, Colonel, mm-hmm. you don't want to kill her. Exactly. No. He bought Williams a fix that night, then tried to choke her when she dozed off in his mother's car. See? Can't bitch. sleep on the job. Yeah, no. exactly. You know, it's not a good time for a nap. She woke up fighting for her life, kicking the gear shift hard enough to snap it off before Joel Damn. smothered her. What? After a struggle to get the car started and moving, Rifkin drove Williams to Yorktown, a Westchester suburb, where she was found on December 21st, 1992. Somebody's he, Christmas was ruined. <laughs> definitely. Somebody's car was ruined. Now he's got to explain that to Mom. Yeah. Apparently, Mom is gullible. She believe anything. So why do, why can't I shift my gear, son? Well, I don't know. <laughs> he kept her credit cards and a wicker handbag filled with costume jewelry. So much, in fact, that the amount would briefly cause detectives to inflate his body count. Wicker handbag. God, you remember those? It's, yeah, it's like Sophia Petrillo. Oh, right for there. Real. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Wicker handbag. We should bring those back. Those were the best. They were really good for hitting, like, dirty old men. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, let's see. Williams would fill another nameless pauper's grave until Rifkin confessed to her murder six months after she was found. Jenny Soto was the last victim of 1992, a 23-year-old addict whose many trips to detox never turned her life around. Oh. Rifkin picked her up at about... Chuck's either. <laughs> Rifkin picked her up at about 11 p.m. on November 16th near the Williamsburg Bridge in Lower Manhattan. Strangled in Joel's pickup after sex, she proved the toughest one to kill, he said, breaking all ten fingernails as she clawed Rifkin's face and neck. She fought dirty. Oh, yeah. Winded from the battle, Rifkin claimed her bra and panties, earrings, ID cards, and drug syringe as trophies for his cash. What's he going to do with the panties, Colonel? Wear them on his face. Whoa. They what do make... he's going to do with the drug syringe? You can buy panties on eBay. <laughs> yeah, you can. You, you know, can. panties do make an interesting hat when you're a serial killer. Well, I think... Like, in your private moments. I do not know Stockings, I, I would think a nylon or something, but panties... No, that's for that's for bank robbers. Boy, the you nylon. got a panty on your head. <laughs> Remember that know. one? 
boy, you got a panty on your head. Good Lord. Raising Arizona. Mm -hmm. I, d I didn't watch that movie, it's a, nor do I want to. How could she not see that movie? Uh, I don't know. I Have you see seen that no. movie? No. Exactly. Okay. okay, listeners all watch Raising Arizona. It's one of the funniest movies of all time. I probably won't. He rolled Soto into the Harlem River, near the spot where young Lee had been found 14 months earlier. Discovered the following day, Soto was identified from fingerprint records of her last arrest, police, police initially suspecting her ex-con, ex-boyfriend of the murder. Well, <laughs> the company you keep. Yeah. Yeah. Soto's grim fight for life gave Rifkin pause. Her slaying capped his own frenzied acceleration period and left him with embarrassing wounds to explain. Joel would not strike again for 15 weeks, and when he did, he would take better care to hide his tracks. As he should. And Chuck is it my turn? He's going to talk now. Yeah, Chuck. Yes, Timmy. I'm just getting my script together. Right here. Seems like that should have been done since we're He's three quarters of the way. No, I was, I was looking up Draco, Timmy. All right. Can, can Seventh take... century... Uh, yeah. People don't know where draconian, the word draconian comes Probably from. Probably not people. It was just Draco Kevin. was a 7th century uh, Athenian. Did you get the impression I gave a fuck? Because I'm sorry if I put that out there like that. See, this, you try to educate people. Uh, please continue, get. Colonel, with the story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> with anything but what you were saying. Yes. <laughs> well, you know what? Now you got me left hanging. I'm like I'm like Cartman on Come Sail Away. I gotta wrap this up. No. So he was a ruler. His uh, his uh, his. He was a ruler. His laws were severe. He was a seventh. They were century. Dra draconian. They were draconian. Yeah. All right. Back to the story. He had like two hundred different, different offenses podcast. that you could get the death penalty for. That's amazing. Okay. <laughs> now I feel richer. Now everybody on this listening is a little bit smarter. No. Now, his next victim was Leah Evans, a 28-year-old who lived with a mother in Brooklyn. Abandoned by the father of her two children, Evans found solace in drugs and worked the streets we to all? keep herself, quote, well. Rifkin found her tricking. Mm. <laughs> nice turn of phrase there, Jimmy. Uh, it's, it's tricky. Yeah. Rock around, rock around, he found her tricking on February 27, 1993, stopping for sex in an abandoned parking lot. That's just unseemly. Well, it's abandoned. Well, yeah. She she started to undress, then balked. Uh, demanding, balking. Demanding greater privacy. Privacy, as they say over there. Privacy, the as Lady Beverly would say. More privacy. Rifkin refused, strangling her when she started to cry. No. Afterward, he drove her to the far eastern end of Long Island and buried her in the woods, the only one of his victims who raided a shallow grave. Now, I wonder what? I wonder what possessed him to bury her. I don't know. He was, a, like uh, Kate said, he was a landscaper. You think he would have been doing that all along? Yeah, and he was out of barrels. Well, yeah. hikers found her um, in 1993 after they noticed the hands sticking up out of the ground. Oh, man, it'd be fucked what up, kind of, wouldn't it? What kind of fucking horror movie? <laughs> yeah. A forensic anthropologist like Bones, if you ever watch that show, Bones, to yes. me? Yeah, sometimes. I think she's the hot sister of the two. I know you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's the hot one. A uh, forensic anthropologist was hired to reconstruct the victim's face, but Rick Figgin confessed before the model was finished. 
police found Evans' driver's license at his home. The next to die, Lauren Marquez, was a 28-year-old addict and prostitute hooked on drugs before she left a native Tennessee for New York City. New York City? <laughs> Ripken picked up on April 2, 1993, while she was working 2nd Avenue. They drove to a point near Manhattan Bridge, Rifkin clutching at her throat without the usual preliminaries. So he's not even getting oral sex anymore. He's just, get in the car, let me choke you. Toss you right. Now, briefly distracted. There was, there was no icebreaker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was no no foreplay anymore. Um, briefly Why does your gear shift work? Yeah. <laughs> distracted. From around here. He, now, he became distracted by a man who passed the car walking a dog, and he almost let her escape. Hmm. She fought him, resisting strangulation, until he snapped her neck. Man. Yeah, he dumped a body in the Suffolk County Pine Barrens, where she lay undiscovered until his arrest. Oh, Pine Barrens. That's where um, they always buried people in on the Sopranos, remember? Yeah. Pine Barrens. Back in the pine forest. Mm -hmm. Now, besides a broken rest neck, she had fractured ribs, and Ripken didn't remember hitting her, but she was identified through DNA testing, but he must have beat the hell out of her. Now, his last victim, Tiffany Bresciani, was another Southern girl. She hailed from Metairie, Louisiana, and had been drawn to New York. New York City? <laughs> Where does that come from? It's a, it's a commercial for salsa. Yeah. Oh, okay. By dreams of acting and dancing, instead she wound up hooked on heroin, performing for strangers in strip clubs and cars. Things did not go as planned. No, they didn't. Sad, sad, all too familiar story. By the time Rifkin found Actually, her, I went to New York hoping to get uh, hooked on heroin and drugs and end up on Broadway. I hope. Were you yeah. fabulous? Or I don't <laughs> I know. I was fabulous. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Cats, right? It was cats. It was cats. Sweet. Memories. No. <laughs> Continue, Colonel. And, and I think it's Metri, Louisiana. Yeah, the guy from Louisiana apparently has never heard of that before. right. No, it's Metairie. Metairie. M-E-T-A-I-R-I-E. Metairie. Metri? Okay. I thought you were from Louisiana, you ass. This is down in southern Louisiana. I'm from the I'm from the north side. Your eyes. Say, he's from the north side. Yeah. He's from the <laughs> west side. My aunt lived in that tree, so yeah. Well, they're pronouncing it wrong. Mm -hmm. What do they call? It? What do they call the? It's not provinces. What is it called? Parishes. Parishes. Parishes yeah. yeah. Now, by the time Rifkin found her in the pre-dawn hours of June 24, 1993, she was his second hooker of the night his fourth within two days. Busy he man. picked her up on Allen Street and drove her to New York's in New York City. He probably got his uh, he probably got his income tax back. When was that? Oh yeah. April second? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh he's hillbilly rich. No, yeah. it was yeah. June twenty fourth. Were you some bitches what, what are you looking at? Well he might have turned it in on April fifteenth <laughs> and just got it back. Yeah. Okay. You don't know <laughs> Can you say for sure that we're wrong? And let's be honest, it was 93. They didn't have the uh, e-filing and direct right, deposit and all that. Right. Then you had to wait for your check. Yeah. And when they only come on Saturdays. Why do you need his check? He wasn't paying nobody. <laughs> and he's hookers. <laughs> he wasn't paying Can you write that off as a business expense? <laughs> Yeah, landscape, in the landscaping business. Yeah, but you know what, though? I bet he doesn't get a receipt before he kills him. See, that's always a rookie that's mistake. That's a rookie mistake. That'll, oh, yeah. that'll get you audited. Oh, yeah, sure. no trouble he should be writing us. off those barrels. Yes. <laughs> so, 
Now, Rivkin picked up on Allen Street and drove her to New York Post parking lot where he strangled her at 5.30 a.m. From there, he drove back to East Meadows, stopping at stores along the way for rope and tarp. Did, that didn't look suspicious. Why wow. do you need rope after you already killed her? It's not like she's going to get away. Well, she was sprawled in the back seat of his mother's car. Um, by the time he got home, she was swaddled in top and concealed in the trunk. Now, he had just arrived home when his mother demanded her car keys and embarked on a 30-minute shopping trip, a weekend at Bernie's shopping trip with the corpse still in the trunk. Yeah, so Rip- mom's running around the mall. With a body Yeah, yeah with a body in Not the truck. Not to mention the broken gear shift. Yes. Yeah. But that's been duct taped by now, I'm sure. Now, Rifkin had no time to move the corpse, but his mother never knew. Relieved of his little anxiety attack, Joel moved Brescayani into the cluttered garage, leaving a body in a wheelbarrow. He spent the next three days working on his pickup, ignoring the summer heat and pervasive reek of decompo- co- decomposing flesh. He was on his way to dump the corpse near Melville's Republic Airport, some 15 miles north of his house, when troopers noticed his lack of a real license plate. Was it a cardboard one? Uh, See, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're, uh, you know, if you're carting around dead bodies, if you're, if you're going to be a corpse, you want to make sure that you're law abiding. I've got actually, I've got the picture of my phone where the guy was in front of me with a cardboard license plate with just a bunch of numbers and letters written on it. I'm Mm -hmm. like, no, I don't, I don't think that's how it works. (laughs) Well, they pulled him over and, uh, they, uh, must have brought him in because they questioned him for eight hours, but for some reason never recorded the sessions. Rifkin later claimed that he asked for a lawyer at least 20 times and was always refused. Investigators telling him he could not speak with counsel until you give us one more homicide. So they pull him over for not having a license. Right, find uh, the body. Find the body because the body stinks. How did that get in there? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'll be damned. One man. (laughs) Damn, don't look at me. Don't Don't look at me. Oh, you know what? My mom had this car for that. Yeah. She went to the mall. <laughs> yeah, she you know went what? to the mall. I left this thing parked on the street, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. She went to the mall. But he, uh, the written transcript of his interview, presumably reconstructed from memory, suggests that Rifkin was offered a lawyer and declined. Uh, he lied. Imagine. He described all 17 murders in the absence of counsel, writing out the names he remembered, sketching maps to help police find those victims still missing. Oh, so not just that, he's, you know, Ram McNally making maps and putting shit out Yeah, but then he pleads not guilty. He was very dispassionate, referring to the murders as events or incidents, listing his victims by number. (laughs) Yeah. Despite his confession, he entered a plea of not guilty. There you go. Wow. A search of his residence found a treasure trove of evidence. In all, 238 items belong to his vic- belonging to his victims were found. Wonder how they got there. Well, just because he his confessed. mom. Just because mm-hmm. he confessed doesn't make him guilty. Duh. Yeah. People jump to so many conclusions. I know. Am I the only one picturing Mama's house as like a hoarder house? It's got to be. That. For real. Yeah. I mean, when you can leave a, a dead body around for three days yeah. and nobody notices exactly. it. Under a tarp. Mm-hmm. In a wheelbarrow. Yeah. Now, at my house, you could leave a dead body in Logan's room for about a month. Well, I sure. mean, smell would never stench. change. Yeah. I mean, it smelled like dead bodies, axe, and weed. Yeah. That's what it. <laughs> but uh, 
Now, jury selection for his Rifkin's first trial began on April 11, 1994. Seven men and five women was, was seated nine days later with opening arguments begun on April 20, 1994. The trial was for the murder of his last one, Tiffany Bresciani. After a four-week trial, he was convicted of murder and sentenced to 25 years in prison. Now, in 1994, he was convicted of nine other murders. He is now serving 203 years to life, but he'll probably get out in 75 with good behavior. No. Um, in the Clinton, New York Correctional Facility, he will be eligible for parole in the year 2,197. You know, and the funny thing is, had he raped any of those women, he'd be out of jail by now. Yeah. Well, he's now uh, uh, safely behind bars. I sleep better. Yes. Kate, uh, what's your final thought on the turtle serial killer, Joel David Ripkin? My final thought, like I said, you know, mama, you know, <laughs> is mama not noticing this? She's yeah. not noticing the table leg, the table is wobbly. She's not noticing the crushed in house herself. She's not noticing the mess in the bathtubs, mess in the... Laundry. How do you not notice and the, the howitzer show? Yeah, I don't know. What are you What, what are you doing with a howitzer show? Yeah. Mama probably just was so wrapped up in whatever she was doing. Oh, yeah. fine, fine, whatever. Yes, right. honey, it looks it's beautiful. It's nice. Yeah, exactly. You know. See. And and I don't think he uh, I don't think he supported small business and independent business women. No, no, he yeah. did not. I, I think he was very. We well, supported him, but he killed him. Yeah. So then he took his money back, right? Exactly. I wonder if he did take his money back. I bet he did. That's uh, a gentleman. That's not like a gentlemanly thing to do. It's not. Well, neither is choking him while you're getting a BJ. Yeah. Mm. Just saying. Good you point, know, Brandy. Your final thoughts. My on final serial thoughts was, killer, Joel Rifkin. Let me tell you something. I blame the kids he went to high school. I blame the kids he went to school with. Mm -hmm. Seriously, they really? were mean. Because someone calls you turtle, it uh, gives you a license to go out and kill. I don't think it was women. I'm not saying no. I'm not saying he had the right I or the license to do that. it. No, I'm not. Do you think she's saying that, Colonel? I believe you're saying that. You need to be real careful. Have you made your uh, hotel reservations yet? Yeah. Yeah, have you? Not. He's yeah, lying. Not. You have no fucking continue. idea. Yeah, no, I got my e receipt right over here. Let's somewhere. see it. All right, uh, Brandy. But I think I well, think that I the, think that those people need to bear some brunt of the responsibility. We're here. talking about the they made him crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, but they always knew he was going to be a serial killer. Well, there's that. Like, I'm not surprised. Uh, Colonel, your final thoughts on serial killer? Where's that receipt? Joel Rifkin. Look for I, the receipt. I think let, that let it's. Him talk first. I think that <sighs> it's. Well, I think that first of all, if you're a turtle and you're getting a blowjob, you ought not strangle nobody. Yacht not. Yacht not. Yacht to just be looking up at the Lord saying, thank you, baby Jesus, that somebody's going to, you know. Slob your knob. Slob my knob, yeah. Gobble, gobble my knoblet. Right. And, uh, and turtles have them. big dicks. Yeah. Really? <laughs> <Monster dicks. laughs> he, he speaks with such authority, Wait, doesn't he? No, no, but can't you see the little turtle going along with his... No, they Her do. Leg. Haven't you ever seen <laughs> turtles doing it? Yes, I have they seen do turtles, turtles doing style. it. They do do it turtle style, mm -hmm. which has I've nothing seen. to do with having a big dick. <laughs> and it's the, and like the turtle on top is always saying, take it all, bitch. <laughs> take yeah. it all. Take it all. <laughs> but, but they got those little sharp beaks, so they can't do no oral oh, yeah. stuff on Well, they can't. It just hurts. <laughs> yeah, it really hurts. You don't, fucking ridiculous. You, you don't want to get a blowjob by a snapping turtle. 
No, I would say not. Yeah. Uh, Colonel, uh, do you have proof that you've made reservations for Crime I'm looking Con? for my e-receipt right okay, now. No, that he's means, looking for that his e-receipt. That means he hasn't. Um, okay, Brandy, we're going to highlight. We've got the listener of the week. You're going to tell we us do. about the lovely Bridget Clavey. Briefly, because Bridget is so amazing. So she, her name is actually Bridget Ann, and it looks like it's pronounced Clavey. Okay, so Bridget, we're sorry. So you've been we, saying it wrong the whole yeah, time. Yeah, but we love you. We're sorry if we mispronounced it. She you. is from beautiful Edgerton, Wisconsin, small town just south of Madison, uh, which is the home of author uh, Sterling North and the golfer Steve Stricker. What oh, state? Okay. What's the state? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Near Madison, near the University It of is also home to the Tabasco Heritage Days each summer. I am going there this year. I, I bet they have hobos. No, that's in Iowa. No, they there are hobos everywhere. No, Broaden your mean, fucking the horizons. Hobo, uh, the hobo convention, convention is, is in Iowa. Iowa. Yes, we continue with uh, Bridget. Jesus. She's uh, very supportive of the podcast. She is single. She's never been married. She doesn't have any kids. Has an awesome family. Uh, she lives very close to her mom, or her parents and her brother. Um, she, has, she says she's very close with a crazy group of aunts, uncles, cousins. And people uh, that she's not sure how they fit in, but they're family. She lives with her best friend and refers to her as the wife. Biologically, of course, she has no sisters, but she's been blessed with amazing friends that are her sisters. Uh, They have given her two nieces and three nephews. And on St. Patrick's Day is her parents' 44th anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary. We're not going back for the Clavies. Her uh, parents met and were married in six weeks, and they remained happily married until her mother passed away on October of 2015. Oh, Oh, that's sad. Well, that that was a roller coaster of emotion. Yeah, but but they had a happy, long, Yes, they did. They were very much in love. Uh, In six weeks, I mean, you know, how do you know who you're going to marry in six weeks? That's amazing. Yeah. She... I get like six years, and I'm still like, I don't know if I'm going to get another date. You can't commit. You barely committed to your fucking cat. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. She works uh, in the financial department of a company that contracts with the state to help support Medicaid. She audits the department. She trains. She writes documentation and works on project implementation. She said it is a very glamorous job. So... And does she have Sounds a glamorous. She looks she's she a glamorous a girl. Does she have a shout out or I'm working on things here. Oh, I'm sorry. She's been listening to the podcast for a little over a year. She said that she found the podcast at an incredibly low point in her life when her, right after her mom just died, uh, her dog had died, her brother had had a heart attack, and her dad had been had had throat cancer. Good Lord. That was a rough year. See, she was incredibly depressed, and she started listening to us, and we made her laugh. She joined the Facebook group, group, and we all made her laugh. Uh, she said now she's at a good point in her life, and she's. Uh, she said even though we've never met, um, everybody, I would assume everybody in the group, had made a giant impact on her life by helping her out. And I'm really glad that we could do that for you, Bridget. That's a big deal for us. Her favorite episode was Dolly is Ostrich. Ostrich? Oh, yeah, the, the one Ostrich. with the guy in the attic. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she said she can't even get a text back, and she's got 
you know, she's got a husband, she's got a guy living in the attic. Oh, yeah, because remember that was the woman that had the uneven yeah. breast? Yeah, mm-hmm. she had a lot going on. Yeah, uh, Dolly, Dolly, yeah. Uh, let's see. Her personal message or shout-out. Her personal message is wear sunscreen. Shit happens when you party naked. Money That's might. True, mm-hmm. No, a lot happens. Money might otherwise buy happiness, but I'm positive it could rent it for. Oh, money might not buy happiness, but I'm positive it could rent it for a while. Oh, I can I can assure you that's the case. And she said, "Feel free to friend her." So everybody, go friend Miss Bridget Clavi. And Bridget is very. I mean, not only is she a Patreon sponsor, but she is a. You know, she promotes the podcast on other Facebook groups and things. And she's awesome. Uh, she is awesome. Totally awesome. And Bridget, we are. Uh, very happy and very grateful for all you do for the podcast. So thank you very much. And now, Colonel, you have some shout-outs. I do have some shout-outs, Timmy, and um, we're still on the rotation. So we're back to the top. Um, and, of course, we always start with the lovely and beautiful Tasha. Tasha and, and, and her mother, Ophelia. Ophelia, and I've decided when I win this, when I win a potty or uh, an Oscar, really, probably, I won an Oscar first. No. You are not going to win anything. Um, no. When I walked down the red carpet, because um, you know Mrs. Colonel, she likes to stay home. I, I'm probably taking going to ask Tasha to go with me. Very good, Colonel. Can you because get to the shout out, Look at Mister Impatient. It's three thirty. Well, you need to you need to speed your section of it up a little bit. So Jeff Girdley, say you couldn't give me my five seconds of fantasy walking down the red carpet with Tasha. On my I don't arm. want to do that to Tasha. She'll give her nightmares. <laughs> Linda, <clears throat> Missy Dean Horton, Britt and Chris, of course, Celine, Doctor Jeff Chestnut, Teresa Slavin, Tommy Boomershine. Say hello, Tommy. I ain't heard from you in a while. Chanda and Larry. Uh, Shonda and Larry, the Tro Bridges, Clark, you got you. Who are who? Diane uh, and Lisa. To, Di, I spoke to Diane yesterday, and Diane and Clark are going to be at uh, CrimeCon. Oh, cool. Awesome. Um, are you going? I am thinking about it, but I have a message for the Tro Bridges. Every morning, I actually drive past the Tro Bridge Road, and I think I need to stop and take a picture and post that to the. Oh road. yeah, that's cool. Yes. So, but you are thinking about going to? I'm thinking about. Okay. Cool. Even if even if me and Mr. K just go for the a drop in for a weekend or a day. Yeah, we're gonna be there Friday and Saturday, right, Brandy? Yep. Friday and Saturday. So yeah, you guys should come. It'd be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Colonel. I'm sorry to interrupt you in your important uh, duties. Oh, you mm-hmm. like me Duty. to hurry, but you want to interrupt me? Okay. Aaron Wentz, Aaron. We hope we really, really hope you're feeling better and and things turn up for you. Someone um, had a birthday this week. Who was it? I don't know. To me. I I'll look it up while you're. Um, Donna Curran. Brian and Lisa Lawton, Olivia Meyer, Jen Bolden, the lovely Katya. Oh, what do we got here? Right here. I'm skipping right over Kate McCarthy. Wait a minute. Is that Kate with a C? Kate with a K. Kate with a K. Oh, right I don't here. know her. Look right here. Oh. Kate McCarthy. Oh, okay. That's if it was yeah. Kate with a C, I would know her. Byron. Awesome. Yeah. No, you don't know this woman. All right. Denny Mack, Byron Snellings, William Truax, who's getting a ton of snow up there. I hope yeah, he's he is. safe up there. Yeah, up in uh, Cooperstown, New York. Amber Anderson, Gina Spillane, Trixie, Stephanie Quick, Sydney and Michael, of course, Donna Hellman, Laura O'Reilly, Gabby Lewis, John Cunningham, Tara Bond, Gene Bond, Dave Lampier, Brandy McBride, Maggie Glover, Jeff Appel, Christine Bourgeois, 
Okay, and you know what? You know what I was hoping to get for Father's Day this year, Tim? Katie! Morehead. There we go. Did you get it? I got it. Mary no, Ray. didn't. Marvin Hammond, Andy Valley, Cheryl Moose Koo. Hey, yeah, well, he got it. We just, don't know, we just don't know the guy's name. Right. <laughs> it wasn't Joel, was it? <laughs> I choked him. <laughs> Becky Mitchell, Vicki Wallace, Steve Miller, Nicholas, and Molly. Lovely couple there. Natasha Davis, Neil Eagleton, Stewie Benton, Tracy Busby, Ali Nett, Christine Hauer, Rebecca Montanle, uh, Mike Eisenhower, Danielle Fredrickson, Andy Sparaccio, Toby Deese, Nancy Jalapeno, Kim Kamikaze, Jennifer Hawkins, Tara Chinchilla, Lindsay McMillan, Sunyana, Eddie Rushing, Joe Handler, Sammy James, Jason Dykes, of course, Amy Carol Payne, Tyra Jenkins, Danielle Fredrickson, Christian Dormer, Emmy Waterfall, Susan Angles, Kristen Davidson, Don Gordley, Don Gordon, John Gray, Don Hill, TJ TJ Youngblood, Robin Sanchez, Colleen Madison, Aaron Fowler, Allison Shields, of course, we said Diane's student goes, history goes bump. Thomas Tui. Um, we got the Colonel's crew here, and we got a new addition to the Colonel's crew this week, Timmy. Okay. Somebody asked me for a personal favor and said she would swore her undying allegiance to Team Colonel, and that is Amber Croup. Okay. Uh, of course, the beautiful Jamie Tarantino, lovely Maja Zinalka, Donna Hellman. Rachel, our Irish friend Rachel Marie Flynn. And Jen Wicks have been, has been having a tough week, so shout out to mm -hmm. Jen. Jen, we do hope you have a, having a better week. Um, I got her on Team Colonel, but she's really on Team Brandy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like Ryan. Basically. No, she switched teams in the middle of things. Mm -hmm. Jennifer, of course. Um, Liz Keating, our mascot, the lovely Fallon. Radika, Radica, Radica, the lovely Radica. Easy there. She's beautiful. She, they're all beautiful, Timmy, except for Scotty J. He's my next. <laughs> I don't think you'll appreciate that. Boy, he's not beautiful. Monica Diagostino, Tiffany, of course, lovely Tiffany Bell, Shannon Rossett, Amanda Fenton, Jess. Um, Jess Chicago. I'm gonna call just Chicago Jess now. Jessica Williams. Yeah, Chicago right. Jess. Uh, lovely Irish Frances Doughton. Uh, another Irish girl, Jana Fitzgerald, Karen Barnes, Jen Burdick, Sarah Mimosa. I, I haven't seen Nicola around. Nicola, check in with us. Nicola Reed, we need you. Yeah. Check in. Ali. Ali and Charlie. Yeah, from the Insight Podcast. Chester Fell, who is a new listener, or newer member of our group anyway. Angie Ball. Did I say Ali and Charlie? And Ali, it's back on. You started your head to start running um, that crazy Australian Saturday was Kimberly Sh uh, Cabron, Bron, oh. Cabron's birthday. It okay. was number, the big 5-0. Oh. So happy birthday, Kimberly. You look like you're about 32. Yeah, she looks much younger from mm -hmm. what I've seen of her. Very lovely. Very lovely woman. So, um, happy birthday to you. Um, and Allie, or Timmy, and just so everybody knows, the blood feud's back on. Yeah, I let it go. Allie had to bring it back up. You're so stupid. She's going to kill you. 
Shout out to Tammy Ennis. Yes. Tammy Ennis? Yeah, but okay. you know what? He's not reading all of them, so we're Yeah, just, I know. I'm just being nice. Christine Hauer. Uh, Christine, thank you for being so active on the page. Continue, Colonel. Um, I'm going to do some new listeners here, Timmy. Ah, uh, excellent. And yeah, Erica Clements. Erica. A special shout out to her because on podcasts we listened to, people said, what is your favorite voice on a podcast? And Erica said, the Colonel from the history. Yes. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. She's so. delusional, but thank you anyway, Erica. And Laura O'Reilly, she has the coolest cat pictures on Facebook. Um, so anyway, um, you know what? We got a guest here today. We so do. We do have a guest. Why don't you read out, give a shout out to our new listeners here. Okay. Right over there. Here. here. Okay. Turn it around. Yeah. All right. So it's. Okay, so our new listeners, shout-outs. Megan Harper, Catherine Richardson, Alicia Wren, mm -hmm. Diana Hugh, uh, Julie Jordan, Teresa Klingensmith, Fiona Crisp, Tommy Lane, Teresa Arthur, and Tina Reeves. And then off, Awesome. And off Teresa off. is uh, my cousin, by the way. Oh, really? Yes. And I would like to uh, say hey to Brittany and Chris. They made it back from their cruise. She did not throw Chris overboard. They looked like they had a fun time. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And I would like to give a shout out to Mr. Kate. His name is Adam. And Adam has been waiting for a long time to hear his name on the podcast. So. Awesome. Yes. And we might meet Adam at uh, CrimeCon. Crime mm -hmm. yeah. And Chris and, uh, Chris and Brittany is going to be there. So... If you are free in June, come to Indianapolis on uh, June yeah. the 9th and 10th, Brandy, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll hang out. We have hotel rooms, but you may find Chuck on the street. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be all right. I've always survived. I will survive. Oh, no. as long okay. as I know. I'm no. We Kate. got two more shout-outs. <laughs> all okay. right, go ahead. The lovely Lady Beverly, who I got a letter from this week I'm about to answer. Um, I just got to figure out how to mail something to England. Um, yeah, and he's got a room he's going to book for Indianapolis. He just got to do it. I know. Yeah. I think Renee found the room. I don't know if she booked it. Well, um, Lady Beverly, we hope you're all doing well. You, Sully Graham, and, and your lovely daughter, Alexandra. And, of course, last but first in our hearts, Devil, the lovely Dottie Scott. Yes. We, Dottie, um, we hope you're happy with this. 17 people we killed for you here today, Dottie. So we hope this one is enough gruesomeness for you. Yeah, and so. they, she likes the multi-murders. Uh, hmm? She likes to when there's multi-casualties. Well, we, I know Dottie's a, Dottie's a, you know, she's a, Dottie goes big. Go yeah. big or go home is Dottie's yes. thing. Kate, thank you very much for joining us. Well, thank today. you for inviting me. And you're very, uh, welcome back anytime. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandy, any final thoughts? No. All right. Th uh, where can people find us? You can find us on Facebook. Yeah, we have two groups. We have Facebook uh, History Dweebs, the Facebook page, and we have a group called History Dweebs, the podcast, and all the people that we've mentioned here, all the listeners, they hang out there, and we have a good time. So join us at History Dweebs, the podcast. Find us on Twitter. Yeah, at History Dweebs 1, or, and you can follow the colonel at Hawk Walters. You can find us on uh, iTunes? iTunes. Yes, please leave us a review, a positive review. Don't say we're three horrible people because, 
even though that's accurate, please don't say that. Yeah, not everybody <laughs> needs to know that. Right. And Stitcher and Libsyn and all, the podcast, all the podcast apps. All right. Thank you for joining us, everyone. We'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Good day. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye everyone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.